Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Wait, I think maybe you're singing Beyonce. Yeah. I'm here. Yes. I okay. Believe. Wow, that's like the depth of my Beyonce knowledge. <laughs> that was a beautiful yeah. rendition. Yes. Well, you know, I got the tone. You know. I always, when I think of Tiffany, I'm like, yeah, that girl can sing. <laughs> I can. How can I sing? I can sing with the A. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody. You know, it's a, it's an acquired taste. I'm not gonna lie. It's not built for everyone's ears, but. For those who appreciate, you know, that next level, I'm there with them. It's a mature sound. It is. Yes. yes there you go. <laughs> um, how was your week? It was good. So this morning I woke up and I was like cleaning up and I found my vision board. It all oh. behind my dresser. And I was like, oh. Circa what I year? Know, so dope about it. I was so freaked out. I was like, man. Look, first of all, why do I have an engagement ring on my vision board? Bang, it happened. I okay, have this all right, come on. <laughs> what else was on there? Um, they're, they're actually, so every um, every time I make one, I, I have this dollar bill that I took off. Well, I didn't take off, but I replaced the face of the president with like my dollar sign B, and then I put how much I want to make a year. And so I put how much, I guess, from two years ago, because I haven't done one in a while. Wait, and, you make multiple vision boards? No. So it's one vision board. But well, what I do is every year I'm supposed to, in January, take down the stuff that hasn't happened and, and um, or take down the stuff that has happened and then replace it with new things that I'd like. And anything that has not happened, I keep it up there. And so it's just the same board because I use this like really like, um I don't know, it's not like a regular uh, poster board. It's harder than that. Um, almost like a... What is that cardboard? So it's like stiff, and so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And so I was looking like I had like on here, like this dollar, this dollar bill that I like augmented to say this is what I'm gonna make this year, and I surpassed that. I also even have a a check that says a very happy client, and I put down the date, and then this is how much I want one client to pay me. And I was like, wait a minute, in January I'm actually signing a contract for five thousand dollars more 
than what the check is for. And I'm like, woohoo, I couldn't believe it. And even I have like little things that says, I'm gonna make um, $6,500 per speaking engagement. And I make more than that now. Um, so just the Essence Fest is on here, which I just did. Um, oh, and even, well, I don't know if I can talk about that yet. I have some some TV news coming up, but I'm going to wait until I finish signing my But contract. when did you make this uh, vision about board? About two years ago. Two? Mm-hmm, about two years ago. So yeah, it was nice. Vision my boards are cool. Book. Well, actually, you know what? This is not even, this is 2000 for 2015, because I see 2015 travel goals was South Africa, which I have not made it to yet, Savannah, Georgia, which I have, and Ireland, which I have, and Paris, which I just did like a couple weeks ago. So just seeing it, it's like, oh my gosh, like I would say more than half of what I have on here has um has a, has been accomplished. Not bad. I know. Wow. I was never like a vision board girl. I yeah. did, uh, yeah, no, I just kind of, maybe because the girls in college who, like, I think when I was in college, it's when everyone seemed to start it, like, seemed to start talking about vision boards. Okay. And then I went to a vision board party, like, uh, with some girlfriends, and I don't know, I just got, like, turned off by the, I don't know, it just felt like kind of like, um, well, there were a lot of, like, five-story houses and, like, huge diamond rings and a lot of, like, um, celebrity men cut out. It was less, like, about career-type focusy stuff and more, like, um, relationship goals and, like, material stuff. But I do do make a to-do list every day, so it's, like, a daily daily vision board. You know what? When people make vision boards, I always say that you should make – a vision board that's in alignment with the way that you interact. So if you're really visual and it's all about pictures on your vision board, but if you're really verbal, then my vision board has a lot of sticky notes with just stuff on it. So I split it down the middle. I have a piece of green tape down the middle. So one half is um, career and professional goals and the other half was personal. So like I have Serena Williams like with her body looking bang and I'm like, mm, that's my, you know, that's my body vision goal <laughs> board stuff. So. So I had both sides. So I definitely have like, oh, I have a ring. I have this woman with locks like mine holding a beautiful baby. So that's on my personal side. And then I have like eating healthy on that side, travel on that side. And then on the business side, you know, the professional side, I have like all the stuff I want to accomplish. I even have published my children's book on here. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I wrote, I am a speaker at Essence Fest. I'm like, oh, my God, that happened. So I think that for me, I like for my vision board to to be, you know, more inclusive of like all of my life, not just, hey, I want to get a ring, but hey, yes, I'd like to get married to the man that I love, but girl, I want to slay in this professional market as well. I wonder if men make vision boards. Superman was so geeked up, he pulled out like Supergirl's, um, she always has poster boards at the ready just because that's Supergirl. And he was like, let's make me one. (laughs) (laughs) So I told him, go to Target, me, him, and Supergirl, we're going to make our vision boards because he was so geeked by like, how much and he was like babe that happened and this happened i'm like i know that's funny um well fiance boo does have a pinterest board that's so that's good it's mostly just like fancy shoes and watches that he expects me to buy him one day and i'm like this is never happening (laughs) this five thousand dollar omega watch you're out of your mind this is called a uh not a vision board but like a like a uh illusion board (laughs) delusional board (laughs) delusional board (laughs) <laughs> no, but honestly, I just think that it, it doesn't have to be like this. It could be that you just write a list of things in a notebook. Some people like to journal. But I do believe that um, expressing out loud 
in a visual way, whether it's writing it in a notebook or doing your to-do list, things that you like to accomplish, I think that that's always a good idea, whether it's like a fancy board or not. Yeah, well, I mean, every financial, um, every anyone who's getting financial advice, the first question people ask is always, what are your goals? What do you want? And if you're forced to kind of get clear about what you want, it makes, and then you can answer those questions, and then you kind of make every decision um, stemming from like, how will this help me accomplish my goals? And that is sort of the way, um, yeah, that's kind of like the fundamental way to get things done. Yeah, for sure. It's easy, but easy. Maybe I'll be a convert. Maybe I'll do a vision board. You know what? That would be kind of fun if we did like, like a BA, like maybe we like our next meetup that we do like vision board, like, you know, maybe like 10 women. Cause I, I told myself I was going to do it last year, but I did not. But just to get my girlfriends together, because I made this one in the park with like six or seven other women. I like, I think I posted, Hey, who wants to like hang out, chill out in the park, bring your blanket and something to eat. And I brought like the scissors and the glue and all these magazines. And we had such a good time. It, it was like about the vision boarding, but it was also about hanging out with like dope women. So that was fun. I feel like it'd be really, it's like a, such a personal thing though. Well, I mean, it wasn't like randoms. I mean, most of the people who came, cause I posted on my Facebook, but I knew like it was in Newark. So I'm like, you know, most of the women who came, I was really cool with. So it was, I don't know. I mean, I guess you don't have to put all your most deep, you know, deep-seated desires but stuff like travel and um stuff professional stuff that you want to accomplish and honestly we didn't it what was not weird but it wasn't like I was like hey girl what you have over there no one was really looking at each other's boards it was just having company while you made it yeah well that's cool Mm -hmm. so do you have like do you have a ton of vision boards like no honestly I just and he superman was like so you take it down I'm like yeah that's old stuff so I use the same raggedy board and I just take down the stuff that's happened and I'm like moving on. So I don't, I just, it's the same board I've had since I was like in my twenties and I just like, cause I use that like kind of card stock board. So I just take down the pictures and the sticky notes and put up new ones. Neat. Mm-hmm. What about you? How was your week? Um, the week was good. It was long. It was a long week at work, but I saw you on um, Wednesday. Oh, don't know if any of you guys caught, but we were on um, the Grios Facebook page for a Facebook live chat with uh, Miss Tanya, Fab yeah, Finance. We should put that link on um, brownambitionpodcast.com. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Tiff and I were late. Late. I girl. First of all, I was like, I don't know who's worse, like me, you, because Tanya was late too, but she was early late. <laughs> and the, Or the Griot. I'm like, so are we just not? Like everyone was just like late. Like, I don't know, but it was the most stressful because I was only, I literally was only 20 blocks away and so I gave myself half an hour to take a cab and I was stuck in the worst traffic you were in the same traffic I don't know what was happening in Manhattan at 1 30 p.m on Wednesday but the like the apocalypse was happening um anyway but yeah we I got we both got there like so frazzled huffing and puffing running took cabs and trains and then the griot's like oh want some water do you want to like chill we have like 20 more minutes it's <laughs> like okay I know I was you don't understand I was like just like berating myself because that's what I do when I'm late. I'm like look at you we are the one what are you doing with your life Tiffany this is ridiculous this is a professional setting how can you give people <laughs> career advice when you can't even show up on time <laughs> it's so crazy because it's just like I'm just like beating my, I'm like totally being like a mom to myself like look at you get your life together how can you expect people to take you seriously you can't even come on time just waiting on you they probably start without you honestly if they don't let you come on it's on you it's on you 
<laughs> we're so mean to ourselves. And then I get there, you guys are sitting, chilling in like the, the pre-green room, like, what's up, girl? I'm I was like, not chilling. I was sweating my butt off. <laughs> I had to like pat my face. I was, because I ran so hard from the train. But I think there's that pressure too, because there's a stereotype that, um, you know, color people time, which, you know, is sort of racist, but kind of true in a lot of ways. Um, and so you kind of feel like, well, shit, you're just like, you know, prolonging the stereotype if you're not on time and you're the one and they're just going to think in their head, oh my God, it's always that, you know, it's CPT or whatever. And, um, but anyway, I guess it helped that we were going to the Grio. Yeah, I did. I'm not going to lie. You know, I was, I went to, I did one from Marie Claire the next day and I made sure I was a half an hour early. Mm. Oh yeah. How'd that go? It went really well. It was a lot of fun, but I was just like, uh, uh-uh, Tiffany, like, you learned your lesson, so I took that the, the train before. Because I think I took like the one o'clock train to get there by two, and this time I took the twelve thirty train. It was like I will be sitting waiting. I really like being early because generally I'm always really nervous before I do live stuff. I mean, Facebook Live I wasn't as nervous about, but like if it's a live news thing, then I I have such bad nerves. Like I usually have a stomach ache, and um, I just need like time to go to the actual setting and then kind of relax in the setting wherever I am, but I haven't been there before. Um, so generally I like being on time. If I get there late, I'm just in a bad, I'm just like more likely to be frazzled and like sweaty. Cause I'm like, I just hate being, I hate that feeling so much. Me too. Honestly, even like for a plane, I, I get, um, travel anxiety. Like, so I'd much rather be like an hour early for a plane and sit with my laptop or whatever. Then to like, you know, some people like to be like, oh, I just got here. Let me just mosey on. Mm-mm. I like, yeah, for pl- I'm always super early. I like to get snacks. I like to use the restroom. I like to hydrate. Very yes. important things before a flight. Yes. <laughs> what else is happening in the world, in the wor- in the wonderful world? Um, did you go out for Halloween last night? No, because wait, so wait, what's Halloween last night? No, Halloween is Monday, but you know, everyone parties on like the weekend before. No, but I've been enjoying all the pictures of like all the hilariousness. Any- of course, everybody is everybody's dressing up as Joanne the scammer. I'm seeing in my um. Wait, who? Joanne. You've never heard of Joanne the scammer? No. <laughs> Mandy, honestly, I need you. I need what you. is it? Joanne the scammer is everything. Oh my god! Wait, the, the first thing that popped up in Google was Joanne the scammer. As soon as I typed in J O. Yeah. So Joanne the scammer is really this guy named Brandon. Or Brennan, I think his name is, mm-hmm. and he, um, yeah, no, Brandon. I, so if you follow him on um, Instagram, it's I am Brandon B R A N D E N, and he's a dude, and I don't know, he's just funny. So he started dressing up as just like this worn down woman who wears like this dirty fur and this like dusty wig, and he is hilarious. He's a scammer. So scamming is. Uh, when you know basically a thief you know but like a thief in every way like so he might do credit card scams he might do this is just all for fun he's not doing that Um, oh this is the description it says joanne is a self-professed messy bitch who lives for drama usually wrapped in a fur coat and wearing a blonde or black wig speaks in a caucasian accent and brags about her antics extorting credit cards embezzling funds from unsuspecting men and embarrassing her ex-boyfriend's new wife in public (laughs) Yes, yo, okay. honestly, she is, it's, it's just so... She's like living shade. Yes, li- exactly. She is living shade. And she is just so hilarious. Then you're just like, what is she talking about? And so Joanne, you cannot touch. tell Joanne that she is not black or Hispanic. Joanne is like, get out of my Caucasian house. <laughs> <laughs> she is this person.
person. <clears throat> I saw someone dressed as Blue Ivy from the VMAs. I thought that was funny. <laughs> so Joanne has like some some like um, she's got like some well known things she says. Like honestly, truly, like she's just you have to just go to Brandon's page and just soak in this gamorific Joanne. She's amazing, and so people dress up as her. I saw somebody dressed up as Slash from Guns N' Roses. Um, I saw someone dressed up as Shanene. Guns N' Roses, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Pirates, just like a whole bunch of, well, because my friend who dressed up as Guns N' Roses, he has like a really full beard, so it was like perfect. Well, if anyone needs a last minute costume, oh, it's going to be too late by the time this airs. But anyway, my um, my uh, Brittany, the reporter who works for me at Magnify Money, she um, bought, spent like $13 on some nice cardboard, like yellow cardboard and then some red stuff. And anyway, she made herself an emoji costume. It was really cute. She just like cut out the, the yellow head and made like the little heart eyes. And then she tied some string and so she had one on the back and on the front. I love it was adorbs. I'm looking at like Instagram now and somebody has like this Trump costume. So oh. she's got a really low cut shirt. Like she kind of looks like um Sexy Trump. Trump? Yeah, no, but Trump is on her back with his hands down her shirt. Oh like, God. <laughs> like it's hilarious. Oh, she's got like a dummy on her back that but with a Trump mask on and his hands down the front of her shirt. And then she's just looking like, No <laughs> Facebook memories tells me I used to be cool and go to Halloween parties, like a lot of them in New York. I'm getting all like the reminders. Oh yeah, I was that. Oh yeah, I went there. I I threw like the best Halloween party, the the year of Hurricane Sandy. Um, But yeah, I've been dormant these past two years. (laughs) Yeah, I just stayed in last night. I watched the Sex in the City movie. Do you know that's three hours long? Really, three hours. It's a good movie. You know what? Sex in the City two. I I wish like I was so mad when I left the theater. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. But the first movie was actually really good. It was really good. Sex and the City two. I was like, are you kidding me? What are you doing? I was. I, I there's only a few movies I've left physically angry for about, and that was one of them. Like I just wanted my twelve dollars back. Yeah. But there, no. the first movie with Jennifer Hudson, and it was just good. Yeah, it was. The first one was really really good, and. You know, I try to watch like the series again, like, oh, but I'm like, I just don't care. It's a, well, there's so many episodes and yeah, it is silly. I mean, it was very like early aughts, you know, 2000s and stuff. Um, I think it would be to- done totally differently now. I mean, I don't, honestly, obviously with, you know, the, the new Sex and the City was girls, but I didn't like that one either. Mm. Um, but yeah, actually, I never watched Sex and the City. I watched the movie first. Really? Yeah, it was like 2008 when it came out. And I don't know, I just, I never had HBO. So I, when I was a teenager, there was nothing to like, I couldn't like stream it anywhere. So I didn't really know what it was. Um, but I liked the movie a lot. And then I went backwards. And I was like, oh, in the movie, you know, of course, there, you know, this, this Mr. Big Guy, like, I'll just go back and watch the show because it must totally redeem him. Like, now I'll understand why she's with him. But then I watched the show. And at the end, I was like, why did she pick him? Aiden was clearly superior. To yeah. Mr. Big in every way. And how did she end up with him? Yeah. And I never, I'm just, I've, yeah, I've never really gotten it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, at, you know, at the time it was like a movement. So, but when you look back, you're like, um, I don't know. He's a dick. Like, he never did anything nice. <laughs> Aiden <laughs> built furniture. He, like, was hot, you know? Yeah. On beautiful, luscious locks of gold. <laughs> he had a weird, like, southern accent, which was never explained. 
cute. Just, you know, just like the brawny man, like on the paper towel. That's the guy. Yeah, well, you know. He no knocked down a wall for her? Come on. I know. That's sexy. But uh, anyway, I wonder if out there, I guess every woman in her life has to choose between a, a big or an Aiden. Yes, I know I did. Thank God I chose Aiden. <laughs> I, chose, I, mean, I, I definitely chose Aiden. Where I was like, oh, God. I almost chose Mr. Big. Then I was like, girl, get your life together. And I chose my Aiden and we're getting married. <laughs> Have you guys talked any more about your wedding plans? No. And honestly, I like that. What, this is what I love about Superman. He and I are so similar in... We're like, we're, we were just this morning, we were doing like a plan, like a, a to-do list for the house, um, the multifamily house we're planning on buying before the end of the year, hopefully, if not early next year. And once that goes through, then we're like, then we can just plan on what that looks like as far as marriage. I suspect that we're going to go to the Justice of the Peace and then plan some sort of dinner or brunch or something for our families. Um, but other than that, like, I don't. I'm not going to give wedding planning because I'm not going to do a big. I already, well, unless he really wants it. But from what we've talked about, it doesn't seem like he cares that much. I think he definitely wants to have something, but not some big, like, over the top. I mean, I, whatever you, know. you do, you've just got to get a nice photographer, like, get Tanetta Bell, photographer, to come yeah, and right. document I'm, the day. No, for sure. That for sure will definitely, because I definitely want to see that. And, but as far as, like, oh, what day? Honestly, he was the other day. He was like, do you want to go to Justice of the Peace next week? I was like, no, we got to get the house first because I don't know how me being, because I have a foreclosure under my belt. And I don't know how that, us being married is going to affect your ability to buy because he's got really good credit. He doesn't have any debt, you know? Okay. Well, this morning I spent half an hour, well, 45 minutes on Pinterest looking at moth centerpieces. So <laughs> just like you guys, just like you. <laughs> Totally, totally don't care, but whatever. I might give away a hundred individual succulents as wedding favors, but whatever. It's no big deal. I like succulents. <laughs> um, we actually chose, we chose our first dance song. I will not reveal it. It's not a big deal. Um, but actually, I was pre-writing my vows, because I'm a writer, so I write all the time. But I was, I was just like practicing, like, man, what would my vows be like? And I've been writing them in my, in my head in weird places, like in the backs of cabs and stuff. And then I'll just, I, I start getting teary-eyed just like writing them in my head so I was like I gotta write these down because they're really good um anyway so I started writing them and then as soon as I was writing these words that a song came on Spotify that was exactly those words and it's like the perfect song and I was like wait a second this is this is the universe saying this must be your first dance song because not gonna lie our first dance was gonna be a Beyonce song um so (laughs) I've changed my mind since then Nah. Well, it's it was a cover. It was the it was going to be the John Mayer cover of EXO, which is actually really pretty. Um, okay. Really pretty Beyonce. But um, anyway, sorry Beyonce. Not gonna. I mean, well, they'll be Beyonce, just not. Oh yeah, for sure. Beyonce, she needs to be there. I mean, her presence shall be felt. It's going to be a lot of Prince, a lot of Michael Jackson, a lot of Beyonce, and a lot of like Mark Anthony and uh, like Romeo Santos for the the Santos family. <laughs> I love um. Michael Jackson. I didn't think right? Michael Jackson party. The best party I've ever been to ever was at the Brooklyn Museum. It was like either the year of, of the year or the year after Michael Jackson died and they had a Michael Jackson dance party and it was hundreds Wait, I think people. I went to that. You we were probably there. Yeah. Every the, every song I, I knew every word. To that. And I just remember getting my life being like it was like in like the parking lot and it probably was like easily five, six hundred people and I was just like getting my life like, Yes. Oh, that needs to happen again. 
We were there. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is pre pre BA before we knew each other. Um, I'm trying to think of what else happened in the news this week. It was a quiet week in news. However, I mean the election is next week. Ugh. My dad texted me. He he early voted in Georgia. I was super proud of him. Good. I'm ready for it to be over. Woofy. I am. I feel like everyone, like, there's election fatigue every, like, October it sets in, but I'm tired. I'm just ready for there to be a president and ready to stop seeing you-know-who on the you-know-whats. I know. But, Di, you must go out and vote. You have to vote. You have to. Your We're vote counts. Who to vote for, but we will tell you, you must, must, must vote. Let your presence be known. That's our advice. You're welcome. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Um, anything else or should we move on to, to boost and breaking? Let's break or boost. Break, break, boost, boost. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Sure, I will go first. I am going to take a break from MLMs. So for those of you, the uninitiated, an MLM is a multi-level marketing company. So I won't say in all MLMs because some of them are not bad. Like, for example... Mary Kay is an MLM, so you'll know something is an MLM because not only do you sell the product, but you have the opportunity to get people that you know to sell the product under you. So it's like, hey, I sell Mary Kay, but then I also try to get my sisters, my aunts, my cousins, whatever, to sell Mary Kay, and when they sell, I benefit from what they sell. And the person that brought me on benefits from what they sell as well as from what I sell. So it's like a a movement on up, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, not all MLMs are terrible. Um, Mary Kay is actually, I think, is one of the top-rated companies for women, like in the in the nation. Um, so, there's that, um, and there's some. Uh, there's another one that actually I didn't mind, but some of them are, uh, for lack of a better word, scams. <laughs> Here's how you know if your MLM is a scam: if the product itself is crappy, because if the push is not for you to sell this great product. It's instead for you to sign people up. You know you're in a scam MLM. And it's probably not going to last long. Back in the day, I remember my sister signed up for one called Cutco Knives. And my dad was like, oh, like she she had to, like, I guess you put in like 500 or 600 bucks. You get these knives and then you try to get your family and friends to buy these expensive knives and then to sell them themselves. And that was the first time I was introduced to MLMs. And of course, those knives are no longer here. Because if you don't have a good product, this MLM will no longer be here. And the people that benefit most are those who come in when they first start. So if I'm the person who starts the MLM, I sign you up. 
you sign your friend up, your friend signed your friend up. So all of those people selling kind of like they will um, upsell to me, basically. But if you come in in the middle or the end, by that time, you know, the market may have been flooded by ABC travel. For example, that was one that that's not just no longer around um, where, you know, why would I be? booking my travel through you when Orbitz is online and I could get cash back on eBay and group <laughs> like that doesn't make sense. So I just want people to be more mindful. One, where do they my- usually, where do you usually get like solicited by an MLM? Is it like your uncle or just like- your, your inbox? This, this is how you kind of know, Hey, what are you doing on Saturday? Uh, nothing. You should come by the house. I have a presentation. I'd love to share with you. You're like, Oh no. <laughs> oh, a lot of, um, a lot of wedding stuff is like that. When I, when I first got engaged, um, don't change your well honestly whatever when you just know that when you change your status on facebook the marketers will come for you and they will find you wherever you're hiding um so i started getting all these emails and one of them was like it 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 almost got me because it was like you've won a candlelight dinner for two at an exclusive resort in new york and like i was like i even went so far as to call the number but then i started googling it and it is, it's one of those things where they bring couples in for a nice fancy dinner and then they try and sell you in all this cookware. Yep. And it's kind of like how when you go to an all-inclusive resort and they're there trying to sell you on a um, timeshare or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, well, I don't know if that's quite an MLM, but it's definitely one of those like bait and switch things. Well, we can lift it all. We, I like to call that the gotcha gotcha. Yeah, the gotcha yeah. gotcha, bait and switch. <laughs> Whatever, I'm always like, oh man, this is a gotcha gotcha. You know, so... Just be mindful. And then people, if you're in an MLM, I know some people are listening like, well, I sell insurance and mine is legit. And I, okay, I'm not here to say that yours is not, but what I am saying is that this is what I don't like about, not everyone, but some folks that sell MLM. So they'll try to sell you. So they'll say, hey, Tiffany, what would you do with the extra $2,000 a month? You know, and I'm like, oh, you know, no thanks. So you don't need an extra 2000 Oh, you don't want extra money? I'm like, well, you know, I work for myself, so I'm pretty busy, you know, and I do pretty well. Oh. <laughs> that's how those um those things are when people's blogs that you go when you go on and you it wants you to sign up for the newsletter and when you hit x it says like oh so you're you're like saying i do not want to become the best version of myself <laughs> like can, just, can i just say no right dude that doesn't move me like and so i had to tell one dude i had to shut him down and i was like honestly like no like it, for the work involved like my company makes a good amount of money that I'm okay. I don't need, I had to like, I mean, do you need me to send a screenshot? Like I'm good, dude. Like I'm not saying $2,000 a month is not good money. It is, but for the work involved, I could put that into my own business and make 10 times that a month, you know? And I was just like, it was just, so I don't like that aggressive selling. That's that, how does that work? Like, am I supposed to be like, oh, thank you so much for trying to shame me into joining your business. You know what? You got me, you got me. You won me over with your, your, I think it's the, the target is like people who aren't doing well financially and want and they sell it as like a quick way to make cash. You know, all you have to do is buy these 100 blow dryers and then sell them for double and then you'll make $10,000. But, you know, they don't mention that the blow dryer is a piece of junk and that no one's ever going to buy it. And that's what happens. Like, let's just say you do Mary Kay, right? So every auntie I know of mine has done Mary Kay. Some have done very well. So it's a certain kind of personality that's able to sell to other people. Because one, you have to go to their houses, you got to pick up, you got to deliver, you have to. So even with Mary Kay, although this is a great company with a great product, just because you sign up doesn't mean people are going to buy from you. You have to have a certain kind of personality that is willing to do the work, whether it's an MLM or a, your own business or whatever. 
And so that's what I'll just say that I'm just like, please stop trying to um, sell me and shame me into MLMs because one, I already have a business. Two, like, you know, I don't believe in most of them because most of them won't be around long. Like, unless you've been around for a number of years and you've proven to be successful, if someone approaches you with like an MLM, get the name, Google it, type in reviews for Legal Shield, reviews for, um, you know, whatever it is, ABC Travel, whatever's out now. Type in reviews for and see what people are saying. So that way you can get like a, a good idea of whether or not this is something you want to be a part of. There is no quick fix. Anyone that tries to sell you on, oh my God, I made, I'm making $10,000 a month, six months in, the likelihood of that being you is so unlikely. So if they're not willing to tell you, like, it's going to be a lot of work, but it's possible, you know, then you also know that's a scam. So yeah, that, you know, to me, MLMs, to me, I just don't like that they prey on people who are at their, I guess, their financial low point. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Mm-hmm. What about you? Are you boosting or breaking? I was going to boost, but I was torn between a crock pot or a baby. Crockpots or babies? I think I might do both. Just a quick word on crockpots. <laughs> like, crockpots are my, it's it's fall, and I love just a crockpot full of delicious, like, soup and, like, pulled pork I make and chili, and it saves me so much money. Like, I made a crockpot full of um my, fav- my famous, well, famous in my house, white chili, like, two weeks ago, and then I froze half, and I ate the last half for work, and I don't, I'm, like, I can eat leftovers every day during the week and, like, not get tired of them, but it's just, I've saved so much money, and, like, I'm not spending $20 a day on food anymore, um, so quit, that's just my word on crockpots, if you, I had one for a long time, and I, like, wasn't using it, it was just dusting up underneath, like, on my baker's rack, and when I finally figured out how they work, like, you really just put the stuff in there, and then you just turn it on low, and then you, like, go to work, and you come back, and you have dinner. Um, it's, like, one of those – it's one of those quaint, like, homemaker appliances that I feel like has a mod- has a place in modern society in modern households. So, love to crockpots. If you have them, you know, you know the gospel of the crockpot. If you don't, you should get one. Now, babies. <laughs> what can I say about babies? So, this was a very baby-filled weekend. We, we visited – um, a fiance is really close friend and they, they have a four month old baby. And then his cousin just had a baby Thursday night or Thursday morning, a little girl. And I just feel like babies, they have such a, well, they're, you know, they're like babies. They don't really do a lot, but they, I, I just love the way that they change the people around them. You know what I mean? Like the, the mommies and daddies. And I don't know, it, it was just been really cool to watch your friends become like these, I think that's what kind of forces you into adulthood, but they've just become like just parents and they're just like feeding the baby and just holding the baby and but still like watching football and still just like being themselves but they're just have this added element of like like peace and and maturity and I don't know it's been really it's been cool to see you know I mean these are the friends that you like get drunk with and party and like just act crazy with and it's just really cool to see them become you know mature parental units um when like I think we came to visit her like a week after and she was just sitting in the chair like looking off into space like because <laughs> she was just like I just sit here and wait for him to tell me I want your boob <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll probably be that kind of mom just like crying miserable just like she was just so overwhelmed and then I didn't realize like so once we learned that my mom like texted us all she was like nobody go visit Carol for a little while just because she was it was it wasn't just a 
I think that was what's overwhelming her, not necessarily just the baby, but it was like the baby, the visitors. Because, you know, with the visitors. Uh, visitors are the worst. Yes. So my mom's like, let her let her be for a couple weeks. Like, we all saw the baby at the hospital. Okay. I think we came to the house. Her husband mistakenly planned a, um, a barbecue, and she was just looking like. Oh, my God. What was he thinking? I don't know. Oh, my God. So That's such a man thing to do. I know, so he played a barbecue. Oh like, my god, I would murder him. I would like stab him with a she spatula. Just looking like I don't, I'm not sure <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> what? She was like, I don't know why we heard this barbecue. I was like, don't cry, don't worry, don't you worry. Because oh so, we were all going to spend a week with her. Like, oh, okay, there's five of us. So Lisa's week, Karen's week, Tracy's week, and she was like, honestly. I just need everybody to leave me alone. Like, I just yeah. need to get into my own rhythm. And so we did it. Because, you know, some people want a lot of help. And some people are like, it's too much. Because she was like, because then you become like a guest. So now I have to look after you and the baby versus just me figuring out, like, what my rhythm is. But now, what? You know, he's now one. And when I come over, she's like, girl, she's got it. Like, everything is like clockwork. Like, click, click. She, he's in his little stroller thing. He's here. Like, when I come to babysit or visit, you can tell. Like, I would say after, like, month five or six, she had gotten a nice rhythm going and she kind of figured it out. And so everyone's different. I just think that, you know, as long as you articulate, this is what I need. Um, and just really ask your family and friends to respect that, that they will. Everyone's different, but everyone does not need a barbecue. Like no one needs a barbecue after they have a baby. What? I think people wonder what the right thing to do. I, here's what I typically do with parents of a newborn baby. Like, you go to their house with some huge tray of food that will last a while that they can either freeze or they can eat then. And you leave the tray and a present at the doorstep. You ring the doorbell and you run. Like, <laughs> just leave the food and run. We tried to do that last night, but they were actually up and about. So we went out and we went in and hung in, hung around. But then it was like, uh, fiance Boo started eating the food that we brought. And I was like, get out of there. That's not for you. <laughs> We need to go. Get out of there eating breadsticks. Oh, but yeah, no, definitely food. So that's what we did too. Like we came, like during, we were like, just sit here. So when barbecue, we stayed, like all of us stayed to the end. We do this anyway, but clean the kitchen, wash all the dishes, like just made sure she didn't have to do anything as far as, you know, cleaning up afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, whew, it's just, I'm just glad that I am my family still lives really close like the oldest is the only one that lives uh, like in Chicago but the rest of us live in Jersey so depending on how I feel you know I might be like I want a lot of help but I might not be but um, Superman has a, has a child so but she's nine ten now so I don't know how much he remembers from those newborn days but he's really good with the babies like all the babies that are like next door neighbors and stuff well they like love him there's one two year old that like literally when she's playing in our little backyard will knock on the door and like um and she calls him twin, which is funny because he's a twin. So, you know, in the hood. Oh, like, yeah. Is she the one who comes over and asks for candy and popcorn and like popsicles and stuff? Like, no, no, that's Minnie. Minnie is like four or five. Minnie oh, is okay. like, okay, ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> no, hello. And I'm like, yes, Minnie. She just walks in. No, this one, she doesn't even speak. She just knocks on the door. You open it. You look down. There she is. And she says, twin? And I'm like, he's not home. She's like, twin? And I'm like, uh. So she just will stand by the refrigerator and look at me like, well, he's not here, but I still need my, um, my applesauce, so handle oh, it. <laughs> yes, I like, give her a cup of applesauce and she leaves and sometimes she'll come back like, you forgot my spoon. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice to know your neighbors, but it's not nice to know them that well. I'm like, stop feeding everyone. He's like, no, I love them. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, That's we nice. have an applesauce stash just, just for the baby next door. 
Oh, you guys are going to be great parents. Well, he is. I'm like, I'm not sure about myself. You'll be <laughs> fine. Stop it. You put a baby on your vision board. You'll be fine. <laughs> and plus, Supergirl is going to be so cute as a little, as a, a big sister. And she'll, like, take care. Plus, she'll be kind of old enough to babysit. So you got a built-in child caretaker That's right exactly there. That's what I was thinking. I was like, who a child? I'm like, <laughs> <Supergirl>. Co-parenting. <laughs> You're a co-parent now. Yes. <laughs> Yay for babies. But that's just not a hint that I'm anywhere near close to having a baby. Just, you know, just saying. Other people's babies, great. <laughs> they tried to, they, they, she let, she kind of like almost sort of forced me to hold the baby yesterday. And I was like, but she's so new. It was a sturdy baby, though. I like the sturdy ones. <laughs> you like the real chunky ones? I'm like, don't you worry. I don't breathe. Oh, they called me out. They called me out because... Well, I blame the daddy because he posted a really unflattering photo of the newborn baby that made her look just ginormous, just like so many baby rolls and just huge. And I was like, oh, she's so big. She's so big and cute. And then they were like, well, their first some their first kid was a babe, a boy, the exact same weight, they said. But everyone's reaction was, oh, he's so strong. He's so sturdy. But for the girl, everyone's been like, she's so fat. She's so chunky. And they're like, this is how it begins. Oh, boy. And I was like, no, that was just an unflattering photo. Okay. I'm like a chunky baby, though. I'm like, I love all the rules. That and just all means the- she was, you know what? And I kind of feel like as a mother, if I were to give birth to a big baby, it's almost like, yeah, I got my money's worth, you know, like I carried that around and now it's out. Like my, I had a, a friend who gained like 80 pounds and had like a six pound baby. Yeah. What was it all for? You know? She was just eating just because. I wasn't <laughs> Tips for your life. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. Jump, As always. What? No, this is a good song. Jump, jump for your love. No, you wouldn't know. That's the Pointer Sisters. Oh, my God. I'm, like, so old. I remember the Pointer Sisters. Yeah, you're really old. Huh? I don't know who that is. <laughs> Sorry. You- I said, yeah, you're old. I don't know who that is. Yeah, the Pointer Sisters. I remember being really little. So, if uh, tweet me if you remember the point of sister. Jump for your love. Someone Jump always does. Feel your touch. Jump if you want to feel the kisses. Like I mean, I'm now you're gonna make me YouTube them. Like Jump, you should. You should. They were like in Vogue and Beyonce and Destiny's Child before all that. The Pointer Sisters. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that Destiny's Child will last longer. Well, people will remember them. Oh, don't get cute. <laughs> <laughs> You see how the millennials are trying to slay us Gen Xers? It may not even be that I'm younger. It just may be that I'm out of touch with reality. I didn't know who Joanne the Slayer was or what's what's the name? The Scammer. The Scammer. Yeah, I didn't know who she was. The millennial, you should be ashamed of yourself. All the millennials love Joanne. I'm really lame. I can't wait to be old so then I I can match my interest (laughs) in pop culture. Um, We're jumping into tips. Tips, yes. And as always, you can go to brandambitionpodcast.com with your questions, personal finance or career related. Um, I do apologize because there's a, a, a huge bunch of, of letters or notes that we got that I um, just missed, skipped over when I was away in London. So I'm getting back into early October notes and we had some really good questions, actually. Okay. Um, so let's start with someone who went so far as to do the, the hooked, on ver- hooked on phonics version of her name. So thank you very much. Yerali. Yerali. Um, first thing she says is, I'm a Latina Dominicana. Hello. Hola chica. Um, So her question is this. Oh, it's a, you guys like to write. It's a long one. All right. So she says, um, I want you to know I love the podcast. Thank you. 
So she says, my question is, I'm 25 years old and I have a problem with trying to plan every detail of my life. I would like to relocate to Atlanta, Georgia, Atlanta, next summer and need tips on finding a job and how much I should, how much I should save before I make the move. I currently live in Pennsylvania and make around $50,000 and don't have any children. Long story short, I'll be moving with my boyfriend who has family in Georgia, but we do not plan on living with them. I would like to plan on having four months of expenses saved up before I go so I have time to find a job. But should I be applying to jobs now? How soon is too soon to apply to jobs? Also, even though I'm super excited to move to Atlanta, um, blah, 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 I am nervous to leave my cushy city job. And in the end, she just wants to know um, how much money should she save before going out of state? And when is the right time to look for a job before or after you move to a new city? It's a good I, question. I'd say before, right? Um, yeah, if you can before. I When I moved, I didn't, I moved to New York when I got a job in New York. Um, so when I got that offer letter, it gave me the means to move. But that's because I didn't have any savings. Like I didn't have any financial means. I mean, it's nice. It either is really great. Like if you can find a job before, that's great. But if you're, if you really want to move and it's like, you're going on months and you haven't found a job, then maybe you, you do need to be there in person to make connections and start networking with people in that area. If you don't have any, it doesn't seem like she has any personal connections, but her, her um, boyfriend does. Um, so I, I'm, I'm like on the fence, but I, I, I would love to have had a few months in New York just living and like, you know, exploring and getting to know people with, with cash in the bank. Um, that's smart. But then more than four months though, then I would have probably six just, just to be on the safe side. And I would also uh, sign up with a, they, do they call them headhunters? Is that what it's called? Oh uh, yeah. Recruiters. Um, so yeah, just, just so you have like someone else looking for you as well. And start telling everybody, tell all your boyfriend's family, you know, they shouldn't be like, you might have connections, they you could form some connections there, they may know somebody who needs somebody or, you know, has a way to a job. I think, um, I think sometimes it's so easy to just kind of like stay on the internet when you're looking for a job. But don't discount the power of personal connections. That's way stronger. Yeah, for sure. But you know, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a balance. I don't know, it's I can understand why you're kind of on the fence, but either way. But I would say just go ahead and at least make a date when you plan to move because it, it takes planning to move too and you have to get stuff in order and you have to know when to cut off your bills and when to break your lease and stuff like that. So I would say set a date yeah. um, and then start doing whatever you can to find a job. Um, but if it doesn't work out, you know, take a, take a little risk and go down there. You're young, 25. Yeah, but I agree. Like I, I, I like you saving money ahead of time and I never thought about it like that, that what you said, Mandy, about moving. And then getting just a, like a couple months just to be like, whew, that you're not like, I move today, I start my job on Monday. Yeah. You know, taking like some time to kind of explore the city, enjoy, network. Um, so there's something to be said for that. But I would probably have, because I'm like an over point, I would like to have like, you know, five or six months worth of savings. And do the do a search on the kind of area that you'd like to live in. You know, have, have your boyfriend obviously help you with this is where I'm thinking that we ought to live and get an idea of how much rent and utilities cost so you can create a, what I, I like, I always like to do a, a budget of what my future life is gonna look like. So here's my current life, you know, this is how much I spend on utilities and hair and nails and everything else. And then I create a budget for my Atlanta life. So I know how much money, because you might be spending more or less depending. So you'll know like, okay, my Atlanta life actually cost me $300 less or $300 more than what my 
my up north life is costing me. That way you know how much you need to have saved if you want to have six months saved. So definitely do a pre-budget by listing the things that, you know, by going online and saying, well, what do apartments go for? What does that look like if I split? I'm assuming you're not living with your boyfriend now because it seems like you're moving down there with him. So your life might be less expensive, you know? I think also it's important to understand, you know, Pennsylvania and Atlanta, um, she doesn't say which city in Pennsylvania, but say it's like a Philly or a Pittsburgh um, the the salary may be similar to what she's earning in Atlanta, but it could be less. It could be more like, you know, my New York salary. I wouldn't earn what I earned in New York if I was working as a journalist in Georgia because the cost of living is so much lower. So you have to have like a realistic expectation of um, what you can ask for in terms of salary, what you should expect in terms of salary. Um, and you can get a pretty good idea just by going to like a glassdoor.com. And putting in, you know, your job and where you're moving, and it can give you an idea of what the uh, the median earnings are for your area. There's also a cool, like, cost of living calculator. I think it's CNN Money has one, cost of living, where you can put in your where you live now and your earnings, and then it'll, and where you're moving to. Mm-hmm. And it'll show you um, uh, basically what the equivalent is of your, you know, New York salary or, or Pennsylvania salary, but in Georgia. Yeah, there was. There's another one called. Um, is it called Smarty Pig? No. There was. I've heard of Smarty Pig. No, no, I don't think there was another one that I like that too. It was like you you typed in kind of like where you're gonna live and what you do for a living, and it kind of tells you how much you'd be making and spending. But I can't remember the name of the site. My bad. Next question. Next. Um, this question. I'm not sure if she wants us to say her name. Uh, yeah. We'll just call her T. Um, she says, thank you so much for the podcast. I've learned so much listening to you. Um, I'm a 33-year-old brown woman with no children from Linden, New Jersey. For the last two years, I've been helping to take care of my nephew who has cancer. While doing, what I, while doing that, I was neglecting my responsibilities. I have a good job. I work for the government. I got another job offer within the government in Virginia, so I left my family and friends behind to move to a state where I know no one, all caps, So now that I'm here and don't have to focus on anyone but myself, I want to get my finances in order. I want to start saving an emergency fund, but I can't because I'm living check to check. I'm thinking about filing Chapter 7 bankruptcy. I'm not behind on my car note, but I was wondering if it's better to keep the car I have now or let it go. I owe $14,242 and the interest rate is 7.2%. I just looked at the paperwork for my car loan and I've already paid over $9,000 in interest. I am making light of this, but I'm so overwhelmed. Please help. I'm at the end of my rope. So, I, well, that's uh, dramatic. I think bankruptcy is the answer for her, for T. What, I'm sorry, you, what did you say? I said, I don't think bankruptcy is the answer for T because it's not like she's saying, I owe $100,000 and I make $20,000 a year. Yeah, there's no talk of really debt except yeah. for the car. And to me, bankruptcy is so disruptive. It's only worth it when you're in one of those, like, honestly, I'm a teacher in a rural area. I owe, you know, $200,000 because I was sick and in the hospital and I make $25,000 a year. Where it's so ridiculous that you're like, girl, there's just no way. But you're not in that position. Um, You might want to consider, like, you might want to consider, I think, is it called surrendering your car? You can do that. Um, Yes. You know, because I did this, Superman did this. So when I met Superman, his previous uh, girlfriend um, co-signed for him to get a truck. And the, the what he was paying a month was honestly rent. 
I think he was paying like upwards of seven or eight hundred dollars a month, something ridiculous. Mm. And then on top of that, you know, you have to pay full full car insurance. It was costing him like nearly a thousand dollars a month, if not a thousand dollars a month. And it was ridiculous. And I was like, and the reason why he thought it was a good idea is because he, where we live, we where he was working where he lived, and they were he was living rent free because he was like on call, like like on call, and um. So he was like, well, instead of paying, you know, rent, I'm buying a car and I'm, I'm getting this car. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make sense because what if they get rid of that position and you have to pay rent? What are you going to do? You can't afford to do both. And so I had him basically uh, sell the car back and he lost money. Yes. But he had that $900 freed up. And sure enough, six months later, they, they eliminated that position and he had to start paying rent. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so it was, was it a loss of money? Yes. But... In the end, it was worth not having to pay that amount of money. And so what he did instead was, with the money he had saved in the six months, he bought like a, um, a gently used nice little car for $3,500 cash. And that's what he has now. So Yeah, and she's got a 17% interest rate. That's basically like putting paying for a car with a credit card. Yeah. Like with an interest rate that high. Uh, so you really want to consider selling it on back and then saving and I don't know but the thing is my worry is how are you going to get to work um, mm-hmm. you know? I mean she doesn't say how good her credit is I'm guessing it's not great but you could try and refinance you know I, I'm assuming you, well she says her, her lender is Capital One first of all Capital One is becoming one of the if not one of if not the largest issuer of subprime auto loans like they're they're not doing great stuff in the auto loan space um, so you could try maybe getting a um, uh, I'm going to do a little plug because Magnify Money does have a student or not a student an auto loan refinancing page. If you go to magnifymoney.com um, and look up our auto refinancing page, you can put in your information and then you can see what offers are, are out for you. And uh, maybe you can qualify for a lower interest car note. Um, but if your if your credit isn't bad, um, our, the advice typically is, you know, do what you can to improve your credit so you can get approved for, a, you know, a lower rate loan. Um, but if it's just your car, I don't think that's enough to to warrant, like Tiffany said, the disruption of bankruptcy, because that's that takes a long time to recover from. And also, it, you know, to be, you know, and, and you know, I have had family members who file bankruptcy and I, I, I've seen it work as a tool, you know, for financial health, but I've also seen them file multiple times. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but people, credit card companies actually direct market to people who have filed bankruptcy because they know hey this person's already proven that they like credit and that they'll they'll spend and carry a balance and so they market directly to them because they know that um, those habits and those um, the underlying behavior will benefit them and could hurt you so if you file bankruptcy you have to do a lot of work to change the habits that sort of got you there in the first place exactly Maybe go to the liveritcherchallenge.com or anywhere else budget needs and materials are sold and <laughs> <laughs> get out of that situation. But um, it's hard, though. Women are tend to be the caretaker, you know, and like she said, while she was taking care of her nephew who was sick, which was very, like, um, you know, great. I'm sure her, her sister or her brother, you know, loved her for that, but she neglected her own sort of financial health at the same time and, and put herself at risk. And luckily, she's only 33. So there's time to sort of dig herself out of there. But um, yeah, it's hard, like she said, when she's living check to check. 
Alrighty. Well, okay. Thank you for your question, T. And if you guys have more questions, you can email us at or go right to brandambitionpodcast.com. And it's super easy to submit a question there. Yes, Lord. So we have one more question. No, that was it. We're going to. Oh, those, are the, those are the three that I selected. I don't want to. I'll save the rest for later. All right. So wins. Wins. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I never know the rest of the song. So what? Don't judge me because I'm fly. You know I am. So up. And I stay there. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you're going with that. I wasn't sure either. I was like, it's just coming to me. I'm just, gonna, I'm just free from free flowing, you know, just, just free flowing. So you go first with wings. Just scat, scat it, scat, scat it, Um, here's what I will do for a win this week. Um, I want to do a win for. This is gonna sound really sappy. Well, especially after we just did a question where a woman took care of her nephew who was really sick. Um, one of the things about living where I live now with my family, we live in, um, Inwood, which is a part of New York that is like historically very Latino, like a ton of Dominican family, but I want to do a win for familia community type situation, which is something I didn't really grow up around a lot. Like it wasn't like all my cousins and all my family were on the exact same block as me, but that's literally what it is like living with the family here. Like yesterday we were... Um, you know, I mentioned that fiance's cousin had a baby and so we just walked down the block and we were going to take his dad to go see the baby and everyone and, and, you know, the, and his, his, uh, grandson was having a birthday party. And so the neighbors and like everyone was coming from the street and bringing like someone borrowed a boom box from somebody, someone borrowed a huge stereo system. Someone was bringing the beer, someone was bringing the food. And I, it kind of, so I feel like living in New York, I've been, I, you know, I don't really, I've never really known my neighbors. I've always lived in my, you know, just go in and out of my apartment, mind my own business and not really part of the building or anything like that. But I kind of, and I always liked that. I always felt like, you know, I, I didn't like people in my business or, you know, a lot of my friends whose families were all in their business. I just kind of just always rub me the wrong way, having people know what was happening in my life and being there for me. But I mean, living here, it kind of makes me want to stay like, close to family in a way I mean not like living with them because that's a little much like that I'm kind of over but I don't know I, I I want to raise like a family around other families and around like that community kind of setting like I guess you kind of have a taste of that where you live now but um I don't know you help with child care just you're able to support each other it's nice that you know people when you're walking down the street um I don't think I'm saying anything like super revolutionary here, but for me, it's been like sort of a weird epiphany, like of what I want from where we move eventually. Um, so I'll just give a shout out to community and to, to familia. Aww. But you're right. I think, you know, I think when you're younger, you're like, I want to be as far away from family as possible. Yeah. And then you get older, you're like, oh, I want to be close just because it's just nice to have people that can look after you or like, it's nice. Like, let's just say I'm, I'm doing an interview and, Superman is caught up at work. He can call his sister, his brother, his cousin. His can you pick Supergirl up from school? You know. Yeah, daycare. Also, daycare is expensive, mm-hmm. and having family nearby is going to save a lot of money. What? I'm telling you, my sister, like they, my sister, um, just had the baby. Well, not just, but she, they moved in with her mother-in-law. Um, she had a three-family house. She has a three-family house. She's upstairs there in the middle. Um, his brother, her husband's brother, is in the basement, 
And so, like, at first she was like, oh, you know, everyone kind of wants to have their own space. But now she's like, girl, I mean, we would not be able to afford because she, the mother-in-law is um, is um, retired. So she watches the baby during the day. And then we kind of take turns when, when she can't, I'll watch. But I wouldn't. She's only 20 minutes away. So, you know, being able to do that is only possible because we live close, you know? Yeah. 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 So I have a win. It's kind of travel related, but it's definitely brown ambition. So there's this travel group that I belong to on FB, Facebook, called No Madness. Yes. And there's one woman in particular. Um, her name is Kina. And she has this movement called Hashtag Book That Ish. <laughs> so I, I love knows. it. So her thing is, is like, you know, most of us, you know, you hem and haw. Oh, should I get it? I'm not sure. So Kina, is, she calls herself Pusher Key. Like, you know, like she will push you like, girl, book that ish, you know, <laughs> just go travel. So she's like a mechanical engineer by trade, dope brown woman. And so uh, last year she went to Dubai around this time, had a good time. People were like, I want to go with you because she always seems like she's having a good time in her pictures. So a ton of people went this year. They're calling it the Dubai blackout. She what started off as an individual trip. Then her friends joined Then her friends and friends went 200 Brown people are currently in Dubai, and they're calling it Dubai Blackout. Hashtag Dubai Blackout. 200. They are collectively celebrating. Um, well, they went on a, um, a safari, 36 cars deep. Um, <laughs> did they charter a jet? I know, no, they didn't, which would have been awesome, right? No, because you know what it is? No madness folks live all around the world. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, they kind of just made their way down there. But they even started a, a separate Facebook group for them to, like, talk about where they're hanging out. People are meeting family members that they haven't seen in years. Like, wait, you're on this trip? <laughs> and um, like one woman wrote like, oh my God, my cousin's on this trip. I haven't seen her in 20 years. <laughs> what? But, yes. It is just so beautiful to see that, you know, that more and more brown people are traveling and that there are people out here like this who are making it easier because, you know, you, people would think to yourself, oh, Dubai, I wouldn't even know what to do or where to go. But she has made the plans, and all you have to just do is you buy in. So, you know, you get your hotel, you get your flight. If you're not, if you don't want to stay alone, they have a document. Like, do you want a roommate? And if you want like a travel agent. Yes, but, like, she's not getting paid anything for it. She's just doing it because she really wants to see brown people travel more. She's amazing, honestly. Like, Kena Williams, she's just, like, when you see her videos and stuff online, she just, had her energy it's amazing. She actually, uh, they had a tragedy a year or so ago with no madness in that a bunch of folks went to Panama and they were like going up in the mountains and then the, the car that they were in actually went over a cliff and um, two members died, one of which was my friend um, Neka. Um, and Kena was in that car and since, you know, she survived. So this has been her year of yes, where she's like, she's just doing everything and wants to live her life to the fullest in honor of the two no madness members that passed and also in honor of, of her survival. And so she's just been, she's just amazing. Like you can just see from her smile. She's one of my favorite people to follow. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. I'd be nervous about using the hashtag Dubai blackout though. What if like their police agent, like their, that sounds kind of menacing. I know Dubai blackout. Like, all the cyber warfare, you know, fear and stuff like, oh, someone's coming to hack us and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. I mean, I don't know, but honestly, it's just been beautiful. Like just, to see them and just everybody working together. My friend um, Cabral is there and he's having like an amazing time. And Dubai, I'd love to go to Dubai. Yes, me too. And you should just see they, 
they had like this big dinner plan for them in the middle of the desert. It looked very Sex in the City times 200. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like a family worst. reunion of people that you don't know. I am going to India in December, which is kind of cool. My first time. I love India. I've never been before. I'm actually going for work because we have an office in this um, region called Gujarat, which is in the western part of India. But I'm excited. I have a week. I'm going to do a little work, a little play. I was looking at the Google Maps at what's around there. And I'm not not kidding when I tell you, like, there's just green space on Google Maps. And I always like, oh, what's the green space? Is it a nice park? Is it a garden? Whatever. It is called Wild Ass Sanctuary. Like, wild ass sanctuary. And I was looking at it, and I'm like, what am I reading this right? Wild ass sanctuary. And I'm like cracking up. And I'm like, wait, wait, think think like a grown-up. What could this mean? Is it donkeys? Sure enough, it is a sanctuary for asses. Like, oh like donkeys. <laughs> like a huge sanctuary. Like, I looked at all the Google images. It's just nothing but donkeys everywhere. Yeah, I'm like. Where you going, girl? I'm going to this wild ass sanctuary. <laughs> It really exists. You can look it up. Um, I'm so glad that we're saving these wild asses. You know, I didn't know they were endangered or, you know, I guess there's wild horses, but I never. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm gonna, I want to see what there is to see and eat the food. And yeah. such a, it's such a huge country, though. I can't help but feel like I'm just seeing a teeny tiny little part of it. Okay, but for sure. I mean, if you get a chance to see if after, like, even if you could spend um, a day in this place called Goa. I didn't go because I didn't realize it existed. But when I went to India, I went for the um, Holy Festival where they throw all the beautiful powder and you wear white and it's beautiful. So I went for like maybe like seven to 10 days with no madness three years ago. It was an amazing trip. I also went to go see um uh, the, what is that place called? Taj Mahal? Yeah, it was, honestly, you could, there's certain places in the world that you go and you can feel some sort of presence there and that's what I thought there it was beautiful especially knowing the story that it was built out of love and you can feel that there when you see it um so I did the Taj Mahal I think that was my first world wonder um and then yeah so if you get a chance but I will say this my last day there be very careful about eating uh anything that's not cooked so meaning oh god um, yeah for sure yeah, I didn't realize it because I was like oh, I was doing so well then I didn't drink any water that wasn't bottled and then I had a salad like the day before. And because you know, you're realizing people watch salad just like we do, straight mm-hmm. from the pot. I had a salad, and the next day my stomach was like, ooh, what's going on? Girl, I literally prayed to teenage Jesus, baby Jesus, grown man Jesus. Um, I prayed to Mary, Joseph, <laughs> everyone. I was on the plane, like, please, God. If you oh, my me. God, you're on the plane. Ooh, on the no. plane. I didn't, but luckily, my stomach was just bubbling. It wasn't, but I got home and could not leave my room. Like, luckily, my bathroom was actually for three full days. I couldn't, even, I couldn't even go downstairs. Like, I had to ask, can you please bring me food? Because that's how close in proximity to the bathroom I needed to be. Oh. I have never in my life. So luckily, it, it like, you know, teenage baby and grown man Jesus allowed me to get to my place of residence before tearing my insides out. But it Ooh, was... Nice, lucky. Yes. It, it was an experience like none other. And... Yeah, so just no fruits, no vegetables. Like you can have it cooked, but oh yeah, yeah. I learned I learned my lesson the hard way in South America. Um, I got the worst situation. The same thing happened to me, but I was in Brazil, uh-huh. and it happened to me the day I was taking like a six-hour bus ride back to Rio because I had gone on like this excursion to a little town, and yeah, I was going six-hour bus ride to the airport and then the flight home. And oh my god, luckily I like 
I like got, I don't want to get too graphic, but things were done by the time I got to the plane. And the whole way home, I was just ill. I just like slept the whole way. But oh, that's the worst. I had, I had, what got me was I had soup. I should have known better. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, come on. I had soup from a little, it was really cold. It looked really tasty. It was bad. I lost like 15 pounds in like three days. I was like, uh, I just don't want to die here. Oh, God. <laughs> just take me to the wild ass sanctuary and leave me. <laughs> I want to die in this wild ass sanctuary. But it was beautiful. India was beautiful. The colors, the, I love going places where, you are inundated with difference, meaning that I don't like it's much as much as I liked like Madrid and stuff like that. And like London was all right. But I felt like uh, I could see this in the U.S. But India was so everything was different. And I love that. I love like if I want to travel, I want to feel like unless I'm traveling in the U.S., I want to feel like like that I'm fully encompassed in this new experience from the food, the sounds, the smells. And once you kind of get over the fact that you know, there's just going to be certain things that you're you're just not going to have the way it is here. So I've been to Nigeria several times, so I, it wasn't hard for me to be like, oh, oh, so you don't have a bathroom in a traditional sense? Okay, like it didn't bother me because I'd, I'd been to other places where that was so. But but if you come with the, oh my God, you mean I can't order this? Oh my God, then yeah, and I know you're not, but I know, love I, me some Indian food. I can't wait. What? Well, Who, for the y'all? cooked kind, for the cooked food. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, my co- I'll be with my coworkers, so hopefully they'll like, uh, you know, take me out in the town. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure the area I'm going to is a dry town, but that's okay. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, I'm really excited. So that's yeah. coming up. So y'all, right, Miss Thang, ambition wrapped up. Um, I hope you will visit the wild ass sanctuary. Should you ever go to India? <laughs> <laughs> it exists, Gujarat. It's close to the Pakistan border. That's all I know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm excited. All right, well, have a lovely week. Yes, and if you guys have, do you want to tweet us? I know someone tweeted me, uh, the budget nista, Mandy Woodruff. You're, you're on Twitter. You're Mandy Mandy Woodruff, right? Tis true. Yes, with an I, Mandy with an I. And of course, uh, is it the BA podcast or BA podcast? It's the BA podcast on, on Twitter. Twitter. And you can always message us, email us. You can find everything that you need on brownambitionpodcast.com. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah, see, I'm, I is smart. And we until next week, we bid you adieu. Adieu to you and you and you. <laughs> bye-bye. All right, bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.